Yo, what's going on? It's Brandon Champ Robinson with the Imagination Upgraded Podcast. And I am really getting in my podcast bag now. Like, I think I'm I think I'm cold. I don't know if y'all think I'm cold, but like I'm just gonna say I'm the coldest podcaster in the world right now. <laughs> until anybody tell me differently. But today I got my boy Taylor Statham. Taylor Statham, we met him. Well, we met you about like four years ago now. Something like that. About yeah. four years ago. And uh Tatum is a is Tatum is it Tatum. Taylor, see, I'm bigging myself up on my podcast skills, and I'm getting tongue twisted now. Taylor is a professional basketball player, trainer, all-around good dude. I'm going to let him tell y'all a bit about what he does, first of all. So, first of all, welcome to the podcast, bro. Thank you for coming through. I appreciate I mean, you having me, man. Absolutely, man. I know it's been a minute. We've been trying to link up, but you've been very busy. I've been very busy. Mm-hmm. But we got it. So, uh, tell tell the people a little bit about about yourself and what you're doing yeah so i mean you kind of nailed it on the head uh i play overseas half the year uh professionally and then uh the other half i I come home i stay in santa clarita and i just do everything i can to you know uplift basketball out there basketball culture it's kind of like a baseball football town Mm -hmm. um so you know just do everything i can to bring exposure out there and just elevate the game so i know like a lot of people probably feel like I had a couple basketball players on here and I'm not necessarily a basketball player myself outside of recreation. But the reason I like to have the reason I'm actually drawn to y'all is because of just the mindset and the grind of, uh, you know, the persistence of what y'all do. And I think that that taking that sports mindset into anything, playing sports at a high level, taking that mindset into anything can help you pretty much do whatever you want to do. So really, I want to talk to you about like, tell us a little bit about, you know, your mindset and going, because you go, you've been playing in plenty of different countries mm-hmm. and like going over there and being the man. Like I seen an anime of this dude like in <laughs> China, like he had a whole anime picture. I'm like, bro, it's killing it. So just tell us a little bit about uh, what you've been doing overseas and, and, you know, how you got to that point. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm just like extremely blessed. I took a extremely tough route, uh, shoot more obstacles than probably most people will ever go through mm-hmm. on their way. And uh, yeah, I've played overseas. This is my fifth year now I'm entering. Shoot, man, yeah. it's five now. Yeah. It's crazy. I played in 12 countries. Um, so I played five on five for three years. Last year, I played three on three. I represented the Philippines because I'm part Filipino. Mm-hmm. Uh, helped qualify them for the Olympics. Um, yeah, man. So it's taken me some amazing places. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you when you say you uh, when you say you took the a hard route there, like what kind of obstacles did you did you face on that uh, on that journey? Yeah, I mean, I just uh, you know I just released like my relentless shirts because I feel like relentless is like a, a big word that stands out for me. Kind of describes who I am as a person, who I am as a basketball player. Um, you know, and I even on the post I talked about. Man, I went through, shoot, like Nip says, like I went through so many emotions. I went through everything, you know, and it's not, it wasn't like this easy path, you know, like a lot of people look and they see, wow, he's like getting all these awards overseas. Like he's able to do all this stuff, playing the Drew League. He comes home, he's got like workout with NBA teams. You know, it wasn't like that. Like there was like, at points there was like no glimmer of hope, you know, like when I was in 10th grade, I was kicked off the team. Um, 11th grade, I transferred. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to start this year on varsity. 
boom, CIF comes down. They rule me ineligible uh, for an illegal transfer. So my senior year, I just kind of like, I put everything into basketball. I put, I had no plan B. Like my, my high school counselor thought I was crazy because he was asking me what colleges I was applying for. And I looked at him dead in the face. And I said, I'm, I'm going to get a few scholarships after season. And he couldn't believe it. Like, you know, you're going to wait. And uh, so, yeah, it blew up. You know, all I got was partial scholarships after season. A couple of D1s like Pepperdine were real interested in me. They told me to go to prep school. Prep school comes around. First week, I'm in there with like five-star recruits, dudes who already like have, they got like Duke in the building, UCLA's coming to watch mm-hmm. us, like every Pac-12 mm-hmm. school. Um, you know, first week is just all open gyms. I didn't score a bucket. Like I scored two buckets all week. Oh, like shit. every day we're playing open gym. Wait, wait, wait. Were you nervous or were they locking your ass up? No, nah, I ain't gonna lie. I was getting locked up. <laughs> like, I, I can't even. <laughs> Let's front, keep it you know? real. Yeah. Not even front. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I just was not at that level yet, you know. Mm-hmm. And then athletically, I wasn't there. My, my game. Like I never worked with the trainer. I didn't have like a lot of things these kids have. Like all these trainers, access to all this stuff. Uh, everything was just you know me and my pops grinding. Um, so yeah, it was it was just like damn, I'm out here in Phoenix. Everyone's counting on me like back home. So it was a lot of pressure. And then. I was like, man, I got two choices. I could sit here and cry about it and quit, be like everybody else, or I could like make a story out of this. Mm-hmm. And so every day I would just get up before school because you know we got to go to school, get our grades right. Um, I get up at like six, walk to LA Fitness. You know, Phoenix is hot as shit, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> desert heat. Yeah, man. Different. So you'd be sweating just you know walking there, and then you know I I'd get a workout in. Uh, I would lift weights, and then I go to school uh, for a couple hours. And then we'd have a super tough practice. You know, we were ranked fifth in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would finish up practice, and then I'd get something to eat at home, walk back to LA Fitness, be there lifting on. I must have put on like 30, mm-hmm. 30 pounds like that year. Um, so yeah, I worked my way all the way up to the first team. There's two teams. You know, I was team captain. Mm-hmm. We had a national schedule, so we're flying all over the place. All these schools are like coming to watch. ESPN's at our game. Like, um, and then midway through season, I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, so I had to fly back home uh, right before Thanksgiving. They were telling me to fly back home, but I said, nah, dude, I got to wait. Like, I got 12 schools coming to watch me in Vegas, you know? Like, I'll, I'll do that, like, right after. And then I was like, I need a second opinion. Like, this just came out of nowhere. Um, so, you know, I waited a week, played in this tournament, averaged a triple-double, ESPN's writing about me, rivals, and then... Fly home, boom, take care of surgery, fly back. Um, right before Christmas, I'm like playing in these tournaments, getting all tournament, playing some top JUCOs. Because at prep school, you could play preps, prep schools, uh, like post grad, and you could also play junior colleges. So they give me a call and they're like, hey man, your tests are like really shaky. Like your hormone levels and stuff are like completely off. You need to do like chemo, you need to come home. Mm. And at this point, I had like well over 20 scholarships, mm-hmm. like D1, D2. Like people were telling me to leave prep school now and, and come redshirt there. Um, and so, yeah, so I was like crushed. I, I went through chemo, eight hours a day. I was hooked up to an IV, um, you know, and that shit is like brutal. Like yeah. people don't really know what it's like. Like you're sitting in a room with like all these old people, like you see some kids going through it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, just, it was just really tough. I lost the 35 pounds I gained muscle, so I just, like, dwindled down, you know? It's just, like, chemicals running through you. Yeah. So I was throwing up every day. I was sick in my stomach. I couldn't eat, you know? Luckily, like, my, my mom, my family was, like, so supportive. Um, so I made it through after, like, months of that. 
when I came out, I lost every scholarship, lost my hair, you know, everything I had. But the one thing that kept me going is like basketball. Yeah. Like in my head, I was like, man, I got to come back. Like, like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I, I got to. So then, you know, I just, that's all I had at the time. Like I didn't have school. I didn't have a job. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everything was just put on hold. So that uh, season was over. I couldn't really go back to school. Um, so I just got in the gym. I mean, my boys would just play. We'd work out. I'd be in the gym all day. And then I started, you know, they started running tests to see, like, how the chemo affected my body. And I remember getting a lung test, like, in Newhall. And the doctor, like, was like, yo, there's no way you'll ever play competitively. Like, you're probably going to get bronchitis, like, six times a year just because of the damage, like, the chemotherapy did. And I did. Like, when I went off to school, like, luckily, luckily I was blessed. Right before summer, my dad was calling schools, like, hey, told him the situation. Um, you know, just, hey, my, my son was like a top ranked player, like, let him come work out, like, see what he's made of. If you don't like him, just show him the door. You know what I'm saying? It's the least you could do for a kid who's been through all this stuff. So that got me some opportunity and that's all I needed. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, I just put in the work. I wasn't like fully, fully in shape when I was going, but I was like trying to get back to it. Uh... Cal Baptist University offered me Cal State San Bernardino. So I took Cal Baptist private school. Mm-hmm. They just turned D2. Um, it was a full scholarship. And then, yeah, so I went off. Um, that year was just, like, really tough, man. Um, like, ESPN came, did an interview with me, Yahoo. I was on the cover of Yahoo, like, yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. Like, my whole story. So, like, at the time, like, Facebook was huge. So I was getting, like, hundreds of messages. Mm-hmm. And people all over the world were like, man, you're so inspirational, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that was, like, such a great feeling. Like, man, it brought me to tears, brought my parents to tears. You know, we've been through so much. And, uh, yeah, so I'm thinking, like, man, I'm about to have a huge year. I'm about to, like, show everybody in this world, like, you could do whatever. And I just met, like, this coach from hell. Like, I met the worst dude. Yeah. Like, like, I was getting bronchitis and stuff, like, throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got hurt. I was, like, one of the best players there. It, it wasn't, like a school that was like great yet you know they just transitioned to d2 mm-hmm. so and i was like a d1 recruit mm-hmm. so walking in i was like one of the best players and i was killing and for some reason you know i just rubbed the coach the wrong way and man he did not want to play me like at all i played like 14 out of 26 games wow yeah and i played four minutes a game and i remember like one time like in practice he looked at me and he's like are, are you sick do you feel like you you have cancer again you know and like what kind of, like I'm a 19 year old kid who just went through all this stuff, you know? It's Ooh. like, yeah, man. So, so one second, let's just slow slow down real quick, cause uh, I didn't even know. Yeah, all I'm this stuff, bro. I'm like, you, right you held that, you held that one, like yeah. you held that one for this. But like I always knew, you know, we we rocked with each other for a minute. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I guess never even had to come up in conversation. But like, so do you? You don't have cancer right now. No, 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 no. I've been like. I've been in remission. I've been cleared. Okay, so you beat cancer. Yeah, since 2011. Yeah, so eight years now. I'm glad, I'm glad to see it, you man. still here. Beat that cancer. Yeah. Fuck cancer. Health is everything, man. man. For real. So you went through cancer, chemo, mm-hmm. bronchitis, all the, always getting bronchitis. Yeah. And then had the coach from hell. <laughs> coach didn't want to play you. Yeah. Okay, so coach didn't want to play you. What's the next move after that? Coach didn't want to play you. So, um, yeah. So, after season, I, you know, I was trying to transfer. Um, you know, 
and, and I like he knew I was transferring. We had like a meeting, and he, you know, he already knew. Like he already got wind of it, and he was just trying to like break my spirit even more, man. Like this, <laughs> what did you do to this man, bro? Like no, but he was like this with every guy, and he was like an older gen. It, it was like one of his last years too. Like after uh-huh. that, they were like, okay. man, this guy is like going senile or something. We got to get him out. And ever since, they've been like, bro, Cal Baptist is like a D one now. Just a couple years later. And they're killing. They're they're in like the WCC is one of like the top teams. So he was holding them back. Oh, completely. Yeah, okay. completely, man. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, whatever I felt about him, you know, yeah, that broke me. Like, re, you know, broke me in a whole different way. But you know, breakdowns often lead to breakthroughs. So, you know, that just makes you stronger as a person. Uh, teaches you a lot about life, how to deal with situations. You know, how to like hold yourself like a man, you know, so these coaches don't treat you like a kid. They don't feel like, because at the end of the day, like colleges, they they want to use you. Yeah. For, they have you for four years. This is a four-year gap. They're going to get the most out of you. That's why you see all these athletes injured, and then, boom, as soon as they get injured, scholarship gone. Or as soon as they get injured, they're like, nah, we're going to hit you with the epidural shot, mm-hmm. you know, and, and make you keep playing. Mm-hmm. We don't care if it gets worse over time or you have arthritis the rest of your life, you know? Yeah. So it's like all these little things where I messed up on it and I didn't have guidance. It's like ways for me to help kids now. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have a player who is injured right now and it's supposed to be like a big year for them. Um, and they're freaking out. It's their junior year. And I'm like, man, you're about to graduate this year. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let them push you and mess up your back more. You got shooting pain down your leg. Like, don't don't play. Sit out. Take that redshirt year. Graduate. Now you have two years of scholarship, and that's two years to get your master's. Mm-hmm. That's going to take you way further than basketball might ever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, yeah, so long story short, I transferred to Cal State San Bernardino, which ended up being great. The level of basketball was just so much higher over there. My junior year alone, we had, like, eight guys go play pro mm. like out of like 12 nice nice yeah that's what's so up, we man. were like we were like top ranks got to go to the ncaa tournament twice and that just opened up like so many more doors to like the drew league uh-huh. and then the drew league like opened up doors to like overseas and yeah man that's lit so okay so i like what you said you said breakdown leads to breakthrough because for how i actually how i met taylor is uh he's my son's trainer him and uh, my boy Jahar, they had the company ball out, and we found them, and they trained Amari. And Amari was at that point where he was like at a breakdown, and then y'all like y'all really built them up, and that's how we built our uh, how we built our relationship. Mm-hmm. So I mean, talk to me about like what does it take to to fight through that adversity? Because I know you always talk you talk with Amari a lot just about like you know playing through adversity, like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like. You might not be getting a lot of minutes now, but every time you get on that court, you show why you need to have those minutes. So, you know, talk about getting through, you know, adversity, like what it takes for you because you fighting cancer, bronchitis, coach from hell, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And and now you training kids, playing overseas, getting ready to go for another overseas tour, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just always you have to see your big picture. Like if you have nothing – that you can visually see in your head, like in front of you, like no goals, you know, you, you kind of lose all hope. And that's kind of where a lot of kids quit. You, you got to see what you want out of life and then just like kind of figure out, man, I have this small window of opportunity. Um, it's like I tell kids too, like basketball, like going through these adversities, this is small, man. Like mm-hmm. people go through some real struggles. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's like struggles in the house, you know, 
you know, people people got kids, like people get sick. Like there's so many, like even in Saugus, like there's this huge tragedy, yeah. you know, a school shooting that should have never happened. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 worse than some little adversity you're gonna face in basketball. So I always tell kids like, basketball is just a mirror for life. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just prepping you because you're not always going to be able to play basketball. Even if you're the greatest player in the world, like LeBron, Kobe, they got to put the ball down eventually. Yeah, but all dwindle down. Yeah, but all these you know, lessons they learn through basketball, how to work hard, how to push through, through adversity, um, you know, how to deal with people. Because you don't always, always want to play with certain teammates. You don't always want to work with certain work, you know, coworkers. Um, how to deal with certain situations. You know, that, that, all that stuff just carries over to the real world. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, from there, I want to talk to you about just like business in general, because mm-hmm. even while we were sitting here setting up, like you were on your phone, like handling just a lot of business. So, are you? Do you have agents? Are you a kind of guy that uh, you know you go and make deals happen for yourself, and then like mm-hmm. use an agent to you know finesse the deals or whatever? Like mm-hmm. how do how do you work that? So again, like you know. I didn't have a lot of guidance. So everything I kind of done thus far has been on my own. Um, a lot of deals. So you've been over to five different countries. No, I've, been, I've no, played 12. 12, 12 I played 12 countries, countries yeah. Playing for five years. Yeah. And you did all that on your own? Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's tough. There's, there's That's different, tough, bro. Yeah. There's different agents I've worked with. Um, you know, it's just like trial and error, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I came off of Thailand, um, you know, and I was signed with an NBA player's brother, um, you know, he's a great guy. I'm not going to like call him out or anything, yeah. but I was signed with his, his brother and he was like, you know, I just came from Thailand playing every night, XNBA, XNBA G league. We just got like second place, uh, in the league. Uh, I average almost 30, 12 and like seven assists and I'm, I'm six, six, I'm running the point. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm on the wing, Jahar, like, boom, he, he gets shipped off to Malaysia and now I'm at point guard the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm getting double teamed every game. So. That's like, Thailand is like a middle middle league, you know? And the way I played, I should have jumped to like a higher league. And so like I was, I was signed with an agent, but it was just the wrong agent. You know, he was kind of new to the game. So he was telling me like, oh, I'm gonna get you to China. I'm gonna get you to Taiwan. So, you know, that never happened. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of stuck with him. And then once, you know, we kind of finalized things, then I could start talking to other agents, kind of go out on my own, sign deals. Cause even if you get your own deal, if you're signed to someone, they're taking 10%. Easy right away, they're taking 10 percent, yeah. So, like, you know, my first year overseas, I got really lucky because I am part, I'm part Filipino. Mm-hmm. Um, my boy Jahar was Filipino, he was already established in the Philippines. So, you know, I went out there, took, took like a leap of faith. Um, some team flew me out that he was on, mm-hmm. and then you know, I kind of worked out a deal with them. And you know, he kind of like prepped me, kind of told me how things were. And I kind of I got lucky because I was supposed to be like a top pick in the PBA, which is their top league, and I was playing like a second or third division, because um, they got all these different leagues and stuff. But the money out there is big, and they're like huge on bonuses. Mm-hmm. So I made sure like my first year to like, I was out there, I was practicing, I was killing. Once we sat down, started talking contracts, you know my my contract was just like it wasn't anything big at all, mm-hmm. you know maybe like two thousand a month. Nothing crazy. I came from a D2. I was like a role player for three years, you know. I didn't average over 10 points. So, you know, I'm just trying to get my foot in the door at this point. So I made sure, though, on the, like, hey, man, if we get to the championship, I need times 10 
of my monthly salary. You know, I need times five if we make it to the semis. Mm -hmm. So like my bonuses were like insane. Mm -hmm. So we ran through this league, made it all the way to the championship. So I ended up making like over 12 grand a month. Mm -hmm. Like your first year, that's like impossible. Yeah. Unless you're like a top D1 and you're going to Euro League mm -hmm. or like you're fresh out of the G League, that's like insane. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like right off the bat, I thought, dang, this is how it's always gonna be. Boom, next year, bonuses weren't like that at all. You know, I was making like a little bit more in my salary, but your bonuses like everywhere else are like, oh yeah, we'll give you times two if you make it to the chip of your monthly salary. Um, so just learning like the different countries and then, you know, always connecting with people. I make sure everywhere I go, like I'm, I'm killing, mm -hmm. like I'm running the stats up. Like first and foremost, my team is like getting to the semifinals everywhere, man. If I'm going to like do what, everything I can, um, cause if you're known as a winner, like that's what, that's what teams want. They're looking at that chip. They don't care how they get it. Um, and then as an import overseas, like when I play in these other countries, I count as American import. So you only have a certain amount of imports, like, you know, one or two or three. Um, and they expect you to like carry in the team, like LeBron numbers. Yeah. Like you've got to put up 30 and 15 or, or 20 and 10 at the very least, like everywhere you go. Um, and then, yeah, just, just working with other agents, getting their advice, um, you know, now, now, like, a lot of teams trust me, especially, like, with this training business. Everything kind of, like, ties in. You know, it's, like, full mm -hmm. circle. So now a lot of people reach out to me. Like, the last three years, I probably got 22 guys signed overseas, like, tournaments, mm -hmm. different leagues. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, man. And then, like, a lot of guys, now when they come back from overseas, they're, like, in the gym working with me. Yeah. I got, like, this pro program, like, for a week at a time where they'll come, and we'll just we'll work out, like, three, four times a day. Like, like you're supposed to be yeah. doing recovery, like teach them how they're supposed to be like taking care of their body. Mm -hmm. And then I'll open up my network for them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, any job opening, I'm sending all their stuff out. I'm helping them get their resume, their film, you know, everything right. Yeah. Like teaching them how to be a professional. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that too, because um, one thing that I, uh, that I noticed with you is everywhere you go, like I'm watching your social media, everywhere you go, you handle some other business as well so like i've seen you uh overseas this last time you at camps you were working mm -hmm. out working out players and i'm 100 sure they damn near didn't speak english and you were like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? and you in there you know you working them out yeah. so like let's talk about that you know the business aspect yeah. of it because even though you're there and you're you know you're there on the contract making money with the team you're also still business-minded and going out there yeah. and getting training, running camps, uh, setting up other things. So, I mean, tell me a little bit about that kind of stuff that you're doing. Well, yeah, I mean, when you're a pro basketball player, like, man, you, you have so much opportunity. And, again, it's only like a small little window. Um, so you got to take advantage of it. You know, you're in the limelight out there. Like, dude, I was on ESPN, CNN, mm -hmm. like, you know, doing live interviews like this. You know, you got to take full advantage of that. And, you know, me personally, like, I love giving back. So, like, when I go to places like the Philippines and you see how poor, like, some of these areas are and how these people struggle, and but they're so happy, you know, and they're so grateful for everything, um, you know, I could not give back. So I was trying to set up camps. Like, I had the fir very first 3x3 camp in all the Philippines. Mm -hmm. We had about 60 kids come. And I was trying to set it up so I would just travel around, like, in between, like, our tournaments and stuff, travel around, like, for a day uh, to different 
little, they call it barangays, like provinces, like little cities. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, give back to the poor kids. And then, you know, a lot of my boys are like these African imports um, or like Filipino Americans who are out there playing. So, I, you know, working out with them, hey man, like, you know, and then they, they start to trust me. They see how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they see me as like, you know, the top player in 3X3 and I'm playing here. Yeah. So, you know, we start breaking down film. I start saying, hey man, maybe you try this, boom. Then they fix it. They're like, man, like they start seeing the results, you know? Yeah. Like I had one kid, uh, Henry, I played in a tournament with him in December. Mm-hmm. And the Philippines is like, there's all these leagues going on, but there's all these tournaments people don't know about. So like, if we're in California, you might have a tournament at Studio City. Boom, and you can make like a couple thousand for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then they might fly you to like Bakersfield, boom. And there's another tournament like a week or two later. So there's like all these tournaments. So we were playing um, in Corona, which is like paradise. Mm-hmm. Like the beach is like see-through. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. It looks like better than the Bahamas. That clear water. Oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah. So we're out there and we like won this tournament together. And I'm like, man, this African kid, like he's never really been trained. He's 6'10". He could jump out of the gym. Like he's so athletic, like, but he he doesn't have the skills. He's literally just scoring every time off of dunks, mm-hmm. just muscling people. Like nobody could get a shot off on him. Yeah. I'm like, man, this kid needs like NBA teams looking at him, you know? So I start working with him when we get back to Manila. I start plugging in with like a few people. Man, he played in the PBA D League. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this last conference, he was averaging like 36 points and like 18 oh, rebounds. Was going crazy, yeah. Cause you know we're just like working on simple stuff like getting him a hook, getting mm-hmm. him a drop step, all that stuff. So I mean, stuff like that for me is fun. Cause I, as a pro athlete, you're working out like once or twice a day. Mm-hmm. You know, especially during a season, you're trying to save your body. It's all about recovery, mm-hmm. what you're eating, stuff like that. So I'm out there like bored, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to make the most of my time and connect other people, help them. You know what I'm saying, and, and grow my business. Mm-hmm. So, why? Where does it come from? About like, where does it come from? You wanting to give back to kids so much, and and uh, like, where do you think that all comes from? Is it from just what you've been through with like the cancer and all that? Because I know, like, with myself, um, I had a neurosurgery, and like, I I feel like that was like my wake up call, kind of my near death experience, and I think cancer is also like a near death experience, kind of mm-hmm. too. You know what I mean? And that's what like makes me want to give back to people, and kind of makes me do uh, go as hard as I can. And uh, you know what I mean? Like I want to be able to do camps myself at some point. You know what I mean? Oh, Whether it sure. be for film or you know showing people how to do camera or be on set or shit like yeah. that. You know, but you're actually doing it. So what? Like, what do you think drives you to want to do that so much? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it's just like the morals. And characteristics like my parents instilled in me at a young age. Because, I mean, I can remember being like 10 years old and I'm, I'd be writing goals down in my notebook and telling my parents, like, yeah, one day I'm going to be, like, I would tell them, like, I'm going to play overseas or I'm going to play in the NBA and I'm going to have all these people looking up to me and I'm going to help people. Like, I remember, I don't know how I'm going to help people. I'm 10 years old, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, but, but you had that goal in mind. Yeah, definitely. But so, like, once I got to, you know, college, I was training my brother who was in high school. And then I come back to my high school, Golden Valley, um, and work all the kids out and try to help them get better, help them improve. And so it's kind of always been like who I am. Um, you know, I just want people to have opportunities because life is tough, man. Like, mm-hmm. like we talked about earlier, like people go through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you never know, like one kid might 
you might say one like I like I meet I see kids all the time and they'll be like, hey man, like I appreciate what you said to me when I was 14. Like they'll be in college or something or out of college. They'll be like, you don't know how much that meant to me. And I'll barely like remember. Mm -hmm. And and it means so you never know like the impact that you have. And I think especially as a professional athlete, like that's that's so important. Mm -hmm. That's why I just want to like do everything I can like to help as many people as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. That's what's up, man. And I, I know that the kids that you work with appreciate it because it's like, I mean, firsthand, my son, you know what I mean? You and Jahar, like he gravitated to y'all and like stuck to, clung to y'all real, mm -hmm. real tight. You know what I mean? So like, I definitely appreciate what you're doing. And I know that the kids are appreciating that. So what's the what's the next moves for you? Like, I know you're getting ready to go over to to China right now. Actually, let me back it up because I did want to talk about something else. So... Just as a business aspect again, so when these when these uh, teams are flying you to these different tournaments, mm -hmm. like how are you setting up these different camps and things? Because I, I find that super interesting. Like you, you getting paid like twice basically. You know what I'm saying? Like you make it, you mm -hmm. you getting paid to be on the tournament uh, that you're well, on the team you're on, mm -hmm. and you go and throw camps. And then also another form of currency, because I always talk about currency, is not always money, you know what I mean? But yeah. you're getting that satisfaction of giving back to poor kids. Because, I mean, I know for sure, like, when we found you, you know, you, you had your price and then we start coming to you. You start, you know, giving us deals and, like, working with Mari. Yeah. Or sometimes if I ain't really have it like that, you'd be like, oh, I'll work them out. It's all good. We just go yeah. work out. And I know you do that with more kids and things like that. So I know it's bigger than just the money, but just, like, the business aspect of it like what how are you finding these different places to work mm. out these kids and like what's the like the process behind it uh I, I feel like it's just all traction you know like the more you kind of put it out there uh the more opportunity that kind of comes your way because so many times I, i'll post a video like working out some pro and he'll kill and then he'll tag me in a video or something and someone following him from a different city might see mm. and they'll be like wow like you, you train players like we'd love to have you train players and that just starts the convo mm. um yeah like you said you know like when it comes to kids like I'll, i may charge kids like a certain price but once i see like how bad they want it that like, kind of changes everything you know mm -hmm. it's hard for me especially like i have a lot of kids in college i train you know and college is kind of that transition period where you're paying for all your own stuff mm -hmm. you don't have mom and dad there yeah, yeah. you know you, you're figuring things out so you know, like I've had some players like Chris Daniels, Akeen, who yeah, they want to work out so bad they're getting an extra job just to pay for it. You know, mm -hmm. so so once I see that, you know, I, I start to cut the price. I start to do everything I can to help them out. Show them some love. Yeah, because yeah. of course I gotta. You know, I have to set my price high. Like for for what I know compared to you know the average yeah. coach or trainer is just like off the charts. Best fucking trainer out here. <laughs> Shot with me. Hey, man, you saying it. You saying it. Yeah, I got to watch the video. Best fucking trainer out nah, here. Come nah, shop we, with me. We were, yeah. we were just messing around, but... Uh, yeah, nah, we just having some fun. But no, nah, seriously, like, you know, just... You know, most, most trainers or coaches that these kids are coming in contact with, because it's so watered down now, you know, are just typical guys who maybe ended their career at high school. I'm like, dude, I've been through all this stuff in college. Like, you couldn't even imagine. Mm -hmm. Like, I've seen basketball played at a level like you can sit there and watch it but it's one thing to that's all you know and every day you're just studying it and if you're not running it that way like you're not playing and your whole life like basketball is everything so your whole life's run so like just my level of knowledge 
And then, you know, the doors I could open for kids. Because mm-hmm. a trainer's going to charge you, like, what, 40, 50 bucks, and, you know, that's going to be the end of the session. Me? No, dude. Like, if we're really going to work, we are going to break down your game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure you're getting all your injury prevention stuff. You're getting with the right trainers. When I'm gone, you're going to be, like, you know how it is, like yeah. I do with Amari. Yeah. Like, boom, you're going to be with the right trainers. I'm going to talk to schools for you. I'm going to make profiles. For, like, I'm going to do everything in my power. Mm-hmm. Like, like my dad did for me. Like, I'm going to do everything in my power to set you up. You know what I'm saying? If, if I know, like, you're killing, I'm going to reach out to some, some riders, yeah. like, try to get you some pub. Um, but, yeah, uh, as far as, like, you know, the business of how, you know, I, I get paid, like, playing pro ball. So mm-hmm. when I'm overseas, like, the camps I'm throwing, a bunch of them, like, you know, like, big organizations have, like, flown me out like after, after a season or after a tournament um, and had me like, you know, work it, you know, make money off that. But when I, like when I was in the Philippines, I was just trying to throw free ones. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to make a dime. Yeah. You know, I was just trying to help and give back and, and touch some kids who, you know, they don't have opportunities like that. Mm-hmm. They may never see coaches or basketball players like this. So I'm just trying to like do the most and, and bring that excitement to them and, and let them see how they should be working and, right. and give them some hope and, and say, like, hey, man, someone's in your corner. Like, yeah. you could be whatever you want. It doesn't matter your situation right now. Yeah, It's all about, like, what you want to become. You know, you could get there and then just kind of show them, like, this is what it's going to take. And then, you know, like, when I threw the camps in the Philippines, like, I took every pro I knew. Mm-hmm. There was, like, 14 coaches, and they were all just, yeah. like, high-level pros. Yeah, you know? I saw that. I, still, I definitely saw that. So, yeah, just let them see, let them see them. Because, like, you know, a lot of these kids, are, they're tucked away in these little cities. They might never see a black dude in their life. Mm-hmm. So they true. see the 6'10 yeah. black dude walking in, dunking, and then they're socializing with them and, you know, building them up. Like, I think that's so huge. And, you know, mental health has been, like, a huge thing for me lately. Let's talk about that, though, because mental health is a, a a huge thing. It's something that... I know in uh in our community, like the black community, is something that you know we really didn't talk about back mm-hmm. in the day. But now it's being you know brought to the forefront. And like, what makes uh what is it about mental health that's like really big for you right now? Because I know off camera we were talking about just the whole how sad the Saugus issue was, the, the, mm-hmm. the you know the shooting that just happened. So like, what's 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 big uh, with mental health for you? Yeah, I feel like this is like, um, I was like really ignorant to it before, to be honest, because it's not something like, you know, I even talked about. Like, I didn't know how to diagnose myself or see like anxieties or, you know, problems I had that I, that I couldn't deal with, you know, because um, I came from a house where it's like, man, I saw my pops just like the ultimate man. You know, he'd mm-hmm. take care of the house. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw yeah. him bl- blow out his knee, limp off to work, and he's, like, detailing cars, you Still know, gone. never complaining. And he just always, like, got it done, man. He'd always have a smile on, always be taking care of everyone. My friends didn't have a place to stay or, like, food to eat. Our house is always open, you know. So for me, I thought, like, dang, that's a man. Like, you don't complain about shit. Like, you just take care of business and you take care of everybody, you know. And And that's great. And that's how I always was. And then once I got older, you know, my younger brother, 6'3 athlete, I mean, good-looking dude. He's mm-hmm. buff. Like, he has yeah. D1 scholarships for basketball. Like, he's winning all these tournaments in jiu-jitsu. From the outside in, people, like, he's got a beautiful girlfriend. He's got everything going for him. He helps kids. You know, he's got a job. 
you know, from the outside looking in, people see him and they're like, man, this kid's got everything. And they have no idea, like, man, for years it was scary because he, he went through really bad depression mm. and he went through clinic depression, clinical depression. And he was like on so many different, Excuse me. you're good. He was on so many different, you know, medicines for it. Mm -hmm. Like he went to so many different psychiatrists, like, man, seeing him go through that was like worse than me ever going through cancer. Yeah. And it changed my whole perspective of what people really go. You never know what people go mm -hmm. through. And it's sad, man. Like people will look so great from the outside in and they'll just like, in their head, they'll just have all these problems and they can't control it, you know? Like he's got everything going for him. And, and you know, now like years later, he's kind of like figured it out mm -hmm. and, you know, he's getting better, but it's still something he deals with like each and every day. Mm -hmm. um, so th yeah, that's huge for me. Cause it's like, man, what if he didn't have our family there? Like, I say he didn't have you. Not even me, like my mom is like an angel, man. And it tears me apart mm -hmm. sometimes like being overseas and and I used to like really struggle with this, like being overseas and knowing that he struggles, you know, with, with really bad depression and like, mm -hmm. and like day to day is just so tough for him. And I'm like out here living my dream and it's like, man, like Hunter's like great at everything. He was better than me at basketball. I tell people that all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like in games, like at the end of high school, like going through the legs and dunking, mm -hmm. like windmilling, like, dude, he, he walked away from basketball for like a year. His, his boys like talked to him about coming back. He played it at like a Juco during summer, mm -hmm. Glendale College. Came in and he'll tell you like, he's like, man, I was like so messed up in the head. I was drinking every day. I was smoking every day. Dude, putting up 26 a game. Just a natural born athlete. Man, it's crazy. So Just freak athlete. So that's my thing is like, man, what if, what if my mom and dad like weren't, weren't there for him all the time? Like what if people have these problems and they don't have a family to have their back or a girl to like talk them off the ledge, mm -hmm. you know? So that's like a big thing for me is like the next few months, I kind of want to figure out, you know, some programs I can put in place and I want to put him in a position where he could talk. Cause he, I have a lot of kids who deal with stuff and Hunter's like low key about it. Like me, I'm kind of out there on social media and stuff, but I have a lot of kids who like look to Hunter and Hunter like really helps, helps mm -hmm. them, you know? So I want to like, start some programs with him because um, he's a huge advocate for mental health mm -hmm. and then just kind of like see where it takes us. Yeah. So I, like as far as like the mental health thing goes, I know with me growing up, you know, like same, like how you said, you seen your dad as a man, man, you know what I mean? Like this is what he does. Mm -hmm. But like for me, it was like all I had was my mom. So it turned into me being that person and mm -hmm. me suppressing a lot. Like even now, like I still suppress a lot of shit and I never even, you know, let it out. But then sometimes something can like trigger me and then it's like all oh, just like comes yeah. out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nothing crazy. Like I don't do anything crazy, but like it just all hits me at once and I like gotta go sit down somewhere by myself and like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, do all that. But I say that like the way that I grew up and you know, having to hold all that in. And then sometimes I look at, like, my kids, and then I think, like, like, yo, get over it. Like, shit, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is, it's not, you know, it's not that. But then, then I have to stop and think about it because it's a different kind of, they face different things. Like, I grew up mm -hmm. in the hood and, you know, all these other things. And I'm like, nothing's that bad. But to them, like, yeah, these things are that yeah. bad. Well, you know plus, what I mean? And plus, kids, man, with the, with the cell phones, dude. And they, it's they have right in their face. Everything. It's right in their face. And you have no idea like what they're looking at or mm -hmm. who's saying what to them. Like, yep. 
Man, it would be tough to be a kid these it's days. It's tough. And, like, I think about it, like, I know I went through certain things just growing up in the hood, but, like, I wonder how amplified that would be, like, if mm-hmm. I had a phone. Like, if I had a, a yeah. iPhone back then, you know what I mean, where I can just look and people can, like, hit me instantly with bull, you know what I mean, yeah. or something like that. So, I mean, it's just a different level of, uh, you know, a different level of mental health that, you know, we always have to be cognizant of, you Definitely. know what I mean? Because a lot of these kids, too, that's why I, I'm, I'm going to start some programs where I'm... I'm going to talk to, like, the schools and go just directly to the schools and have camps. Like, because a lot of kids, you know, their parents don't put them in sports for one reason or another. Maybe they don't like it. Maybe they can't afford it. Maybe they're just not thinking about it. It's like a single-parent household. You know, they got other things to worry about. Um, So they don't have, like, a coach. You know, when you play sports, you don't notice. You have a coach in your ear, like, making sure you work hard, Mm -hmm. making sure you're doing the right thing. Getting your grades. Yeah, telling that. Like, giving you goals to, like, look forward to. If you don't have that, a lot of the times you're just sitting around the house and I mean idle time is like the devil's playground. Idle hands, that's what they say. So, I mean, I think it's important. Like I wanna do something where I can get kids at a young age and just talk to them and show them like, hey, maybe you won't play basketball. Maybe you're gonna be a lawyer. Maybe you'll be this or that, you know? Maybe you'll be a waiter, but like life is what you make it. Like if you love something, like you gotta just put everything towards that, mm-hmm. you know? Like there's no reason to, to half-ass anything. Like there's a million, Average people, as soon right. as you walk out this door, like, don't be one of them. Like, you want something, go get it. Like, everything is, like, within reach. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I don't want to hold you up too long, but I do want to talk about um, you You really, like, from a young age, had that's that laser focus. Like, I'm going to play basketball. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to do. Like, I had that focus, kind of, but it was more general it was like entertainment like i'm gonna do something in entertainment whether i'm cracking jokes at people or I'm, <laughs> you know what i'm saying i'm making music and rapping or you know what i'm saying anything it wasn't yeah. like i wasn't filmed you, focused got, wait, you got some bars bro i got bars bro <laughs> listen don't, you might have to listen, throw some go, beats on after just, this <laughs> just look at me up I, I never took it off youtube i just leave it there for oh, people man, i gotta go look at i this. leave it there for people to find and then when they find it they're like yo this you then we just laugh like we have a joke yeah I ain't, I ain't saying i was i got bars though you know what i'm saying yeah but <laughs> but you know what i mean so like you had that laser focus mm-hmm. knowing that basketball was the thing. And, like, there was no plan B for you. Mm-hmm. So looking look to the future, like, 10 years, 12 years, you're lucky enough to keep playing this game for a while. At some point, the, the game catches up with your body, yeah. and then you can't play at that level anymore. Like, what's the next move for Taylor? Yeah, I mean, I think that's why... You know, I've kind of built this. I've built this business and made Laying it. Laying the groundwork. Yeah, and I've made it like the forefront because I passed up a lot of a lot of pretty big offers. You know, just thinking like, man, I just played a huge season. I did great. That'll give me some jobs for next year. Let me just like go home during the summer, help develop these kids and get them out. Because man, like Santa Clarita is like a hotbed now, man. Before it'd be like, what's Santa Clarita? What is that? Mm-hmm. We'd have to say, oh, Magic Mountain. Mm-hmm. You know, now we got like kids going D one. Mm-hmm. We got so many kids playing in college, and you know it, it's a credit to not just not just me, not just Jahar, but you know all the coaches. You know they have more access to to higher level of basketball, and that's what these last few years I've been striving to like really push for them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah. That's what's up, man. Well, you know what I'm saying? I'm always always support you on your journey, bro. You know, every time you post something, I send you the same thing. Like get your shit off stack. Keep I appreciate it. You know it. what I'm saying? Keep killing <laughs> it, bro. So I thank you for coming through and chopping Definitely. it up with me on the podcast today. Um give people your you know, your social media and how they can contact you and get trained. Best fucking trainer out here. <laughs> I'm never gonna hear the end of that. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, the real T Stat. Uh, my business is Statum Academy. So, Statum Academy on like any Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. There'll and then, be some stuff for you. And then when you overseas, like I put it all in the show notes too, so they can click mm-hmm. on it. But when you overseas, uh, they can also watch you because I think we streamed you on YouTube yeah. when you were playing. So it's on YouTube. What uh. Uh, is this one going to be on YouTube? Yeah, so I'm playing in Indonesia's Basketball League. Okay. Um, it goes from January to April. Um, the, final, the finals will be in April. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we're in that, but it's going to kind of like be a conflict because I'm actually with Team USA now. Oh, so for, shit. For 3x3. Light flex. Yeah. Light flex. Yeah. Well, real quick before we go, talk about 3x3 though, because that's like, that's, a big that's one. new. I'm and surprised that's big. you didn't bring it up, man. Like, I'm sorry, bro. Like, I was trying to, you know. <laughs> I got mean? the red but, ball in me. I got plenty man, of, you know? All right, come on. We still got time. We, <laughs> we, right. Hold on. Let me look at Yeah, we still got a lot of, we still got a lot of cards okay, going cool, on. So cool, we cool. good. So let's talk about that 3x3 three three because that is getting huge now. I mean, yeah. in the States, we know the big three. But then you just played in a FIBA, FIBA, FIBA three by three, mm-hmm. and then you came home and did a three on three. Yeah. So talk about the three on three, man, because that's like I feel like that's the next level of basketball. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, you know, after after the last year I played in Thailand, what was that? Two thousand eighteen. But when we ended, we ended like you know right before summer, like April May. Uh, I came back home and I just started all these programs. You know, all my players are like seniors mm-hmm. or like, you know, going from JUCO to NCA. So I was trying to do everything I could. Like, man, I would set up workouts. Like, I took these kids from Santa Clarita all the way down to Compton and mm-hmm. had them like playing against like dudes from the hood or like mean, like in front of all these coaches. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I take them down to like my group of guys because I was training like, you know, like 10 to 20 college guys consistently taking them down to Venice Beach League, having them play in front of, like, Ball is Life and, yeah. you know, j- just experience all that stuff. I remember you took Mario like, 13 years yeah, old. Yeah, man, he was holding there. his own, Yeah, man. he held his own. He got a couple buckets. Man. You know, he got his name shouted out, you yeah. know. He felt good about it. A little fan favorite, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but, uh, so, yeah, so I was doing all that stuff, and then I kind of passed up on some offers. So once the summer was over, all my kids were good. They were off to school. They were, like, all in good situations. Um but then I was like, damn, where are all my offers go? You know, like, what, what's going on? So then I went to the Philippines. I got an offer to play there again. Uh, went back, killed it, got MVP of the league. And, you know, while I was doing that, the, the national team, like, reached out to me. Hey, we want you to play three on three. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of shit is that? Yeah. And then they showed me the money you can make. And I was like, okay, s- sign me up. I'm there. <laughs> sign me up, please. No, but it's, it's crazy because, like, that's like a, a pretty dope, you know, we were talking about all the serious stuff, mm-hmm. but now it's like, man, this is like some really like cool stuff is I got to go to like Russia. I got to go to Qatar. I got to go. So I'm playing in the Middle East one week. I'm flying out to France. I'm like taking pictures from the Eiffel Tower, you know, yeah. like, and it was dope because like when we were in Qatar, we were playing on this beautiful beach, like mm-hmm. the ocean's right there and we're outdoors and, the, you know, it's like a coliseum we're playing in. And then when we went to France, we're playing in front of a 
1400s uh, cathedral. Yeah. You know, and it's like outdoors and there's all these fans and, you know, we're playing in Russia, like right where it's popping in, in the middle of Moscow, like under the, uh, like right next to the bridge where everyone goes through. So, so they just kind of pull up and put a hoop up man, and build a floor. FIBA 3X3. go, huh? Yeah, FIBA 3X3 has done an amazing job and all these tournaments, like first place is like 20,000, 30, 50,000 mm -hmm. and you got four teammates. So that's a four-way split. Yeah, that's good money. Yeah, man. So yeah. like, and you're playing like every week, every other week. Mm -hmm. So if you're, like I did that all year, man. I did yeah. that from January to August. Yeah, I know. Because I was so, like, yo, Mari needs training. When are you coming back? He's <laughs> like, oh, I'll be back in, in June. And yeah. like, nah, I got extended. I'm going to stay out here a little longer. Yeah. I'm like, bro, you ain't never coming back, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was having fun, man. And, and the Philippines is like a lot of fun. The, the fans are crazy. So we were playing the malls when we were in the Philippines. I saw that. The malls look crazy because it was like a Packed. couple levels, right? It was so packed. It would be like anywhere from like three to eight levels. And they'd be looking over the side and it'd be packed. And yelling, yeah, screaming. Yeah. And then as soon as you come off the court, they're like bombarding you like for autographs, pictures. Like especially when you win the championship, everybody wants to take pictures of the mm -hmm. champ. So, man, I, I would spend like an hour, sometimes two hours after the game. Taking pictures. And I couldn't even get back to my bag. with the fans. Stuff. Yeah, man. It was, it was awesome. It was an amazing experience. Um, but, yeah, so just from there, like – August kind of came around, and you know it's like super political out there, man. Like absolutely, you don't have to do a whole nother podcast to talk about all this but, <laughs> the politics. Yeah, so I was just kind of like, you know, I was the number one player in, in the Philippines, number one in Asia at the time, and I was kind of just like over it. And you know, I was promised that I'd be able, if I helped them, you know, make it to the Olympics, I'd be able to play in the Olympics the next year. They didn't tell me I had to have like my Filipino passport by a certain time. Oh, so they ain't set you all the way up. They just kind of gave it to you, like, uh, get us there, and we going to do this. But they ain't tell you. Yeah. But before we can do this, you need. Yeah, and they were acting, like, funny. So, you know, I had to, like, do all that stuff and get my passport, like, my Filipino stuff, like, on my own. Um, so, yeah, and then the Lakers, like, hit me up because they had, like, a G League, like, private workout. They have, like, 15 guys they're looking at to cover, like, a few spots. And I thought, dang, like, I'm trying to get back in five-on-five five next year. You know, it's still, like, I made my mark on three-on-three, three, so it'll always be here. Um, you know, I was talking to Golden State, too. So I flew back home. I, I asked for a release. I flew back home. I'm, like, getting ready to work out with them. And then Travis mm -hmm. hit me up, like, hey, man, let's play in this Red Bull tournament, 3x3. And I'm like, man, come on. I'm so for 3x3. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, hey, there's, like, a, I think it was, like, $20,000 grand prize or something like that. It was pretty big for, like, you know, just, like, the U.S., um, because all the big ones are, like, overseas. Because overseas, 3x3 is, like, a huge sport now. It's about to be an Olympic sport next year for the yeah, first time. Yeah, um, So, yeah, so we played in it. I, I brought my boy Kwame and then our other coach, Alec, for creators. Yeah. So it's, like, our three coaches from creators and Kwame with mm -hmm. the dreads, who's just, like, dumb athletic. Yeah. Um, so the first day we did... Alec can ball, too, bro. I didn't know Alec had... Alec had a bag like that. He like can he, shoot, man. He can shoot, bro. He I didn't shoot. know he could shoot. I knew, you, I knew you could ball. I knew Travis could ball. Yeah. I seen Alec a lot. But I I never seen any ball. Like, yeah, you can ball. I think a big thing too is like when you when you really like get in depth like coaching, because me and Travis are like super in depth. Skill development, yeah. like how you treat your body. Yeah. And then we're having them like our our nine U teams like running offenses like they're in college. Mm -hmm. They're talking, you know. So when it's when it's like that and, and your level of thinking has got to be up here, like you really develop as a basketball player. And I feel like that's why I've gotten a lot better like every year is like I come home and I'm like really breaking the game down. Like, you don't understand anything until you can break it down to, like, a seven-year-old, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so we played in that. We did really well. We made semifinals. So then they were like, oh, tomorrow there's another tournament. You guys qualify for West Regions. Mm. And we're like, West Regions? Oh, this is pretty big. And then, so we showed up the next day and we like upset some big teams. Yeah. We upset like the third ranked team from San Francisco, like in the US, like upset like this team from Salt Lake. And you know, there's like a huge crowd. So I'm going crazy. Mm-hmm. Like Red Bull, like heard I was there and stuff. So they like interviewed me. So I was like, damn, I gotta go crazy. So like when we played like one of the top ranked teams in the quarterfinals, man, I must've had like 15 out of the 21. And it's ones and twos. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I had like crazy. 15 out of 21, man. You went crazy. Yeah. And then from there, you know, we made semifinals. We lost in the semis. But they said, hey, you guys are now part of the national team pool. Um, you guys qualify. Now you'll be in the nationals. So whoever wins nationals in April mm-hmm. um, is going to be the team that represents the U.S. Yeah. in the Olympics. Nice. So I got to be back for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So is the goal is the goal to – What's the ultimate goal? Like, are you, you still chasing the NBA while moving through these different tournaments and still mm-hmm. making your money professionally and still doing it? Like, do you still have the desire to, like, still chase the NBA, yeah. you know, doing these team workouts? Because, I don't know, you probably should go back to Golden State right now. You might want to give him a call, bro. Man, everyone's injured over there, right? Everybody is injured. Man. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I get asked this a lot. I feel like NBA is the ultimate goal, but I feel like realistically for me where I'm at, you know, it's tough. I'm 27. I'm a little older. They kind of take dudes like, straight out of college who are off potential. Mm-hmm. And if you are like 27, you got to be like in a top Euro league killing, you know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like in between because half the year I'm like coming back home and trying to help everybody out. So for me, it's not like if I wanted to do that, I'd have to stop my business completely and just play overseas and just like, you know, keep over there. Keep building. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's just like being the best basketball player I can making the most of it. Cause it's like, you never know what's going to happen. I never expect that play in a lot of these countries. I never, right. I never thought I'd see parts of these world or like, I never thought I'd play three X three. So just making the most of my time, like, um, you know, not getting outworked and then not getting outplayed ever. Um, but the biggest thing for me is being able to come home and just like open up opportunity for other players and like especially kids, you know, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. That's what's up, man. Any any last thing you want to say to the people out there in the podcast or, you know, to the kids? I know like we've been talking about this big on the kids and the, yeah. the high school players and the college players. Any any last things you want to say? Yeah, I, I just think... Uh, and that's that's a tough question. That's always a tough question. The isn't toughest it? one of the day, right <laughs> nah. there. I think uh, you know we kind of cover we covered like everything, but we did, we but did. Uh, I would for sure say like to kids, to adults, it don't matter like your age. Like if you got a dream, man, do everything you can to like pursue that. Mm-hmm. You never know along the way who you're gonna meet, who you're gonna inspire. You never really know where this journey will t- I never thought I'd be in Russia. Mm-hmm. I thought Russians hate Americans. You know, I yeah. never thought I'd be in the Middle East. I was scared in the Middle East. Yeah. So if you just, like, f- follow what you love, like, your mind can't comprehend mm-hmm. where where you can go. Where you could go, for real. Mm-hmm. So, You ever you ever fought a Russian? Yeah, one of my best friends is Russian. Bro, I'm, never, <laughs> I'm never fighting a Russian in my life, bro. I'm never. Nah, Russians, I feel like you, you hit them and they're just like... And they're just like, no, the hell. That's I'm why they're never. so good at 3x3, man, because 3x3, they let all those fouls go. So you crack them yeah. and they just look at you like... 
And then they'll crack you and you'll be like, damn. damn. And they'll just look at you like, yeah. See, yeah, I'm never fighting the Russian. And on that note, we out of here, man. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, bro.